seems your eyes are troubled, care to share your time with me. Welcome to our readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. While recently we've been going prime time at 7, we just couldn't wait to get on today's podcast because we have a lot to get into as we react to the initial first ever press conference with new Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales. We've got a lot of great information from Coach. Uh, walked away from it being very impressed by what he had to say and how he responded to the questions from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers media. So we're going to get into all of it on today's show. I am your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. It is Scott Reynolds. And Scott, we were sitting front row today as we got to yeah. talk to and meet Dave Canales <clears throat> yep. for the first time. And I'm just going to say I am very excited to see what Tampa Bay comes up with on offense because it is going to be very different, but different is good in this case scenario. There's no doubt about it. Um, boy, that was a refreshing press conference after listening to Byron Leftwich the last couple of years, who you know at times kind of demeaned the media, right? We would ask legitimate yeah. questions and he would spout off about, you know, that's fantasy football talk or no logic or whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, there's plenty of logic with Dave Canales. Plenty, plenty of logic. Of logic. <laughs> that's a 31-minute press conference, folks. Just to let you know, most introductory press conferences, 15 minutes tops, okay? When you ask Dave Canales a question, be prepared for a well-thought-out, thorough, detailed answer. And for an offense that, that lacked the attention to detail over, over this past year, certainly, right, Matt, um, I think there's going to be plenty of attention to detail. Uh, how could you not be impressed by what Dave Canales said? Now, talking the talk and walking the walk yes. are two different things, right? And Canales is an open book. He he says, hey, last time I called plays was like, what, back in high JV, school or JV? JV. Yeah, and he didn't JV have a coach team. knocking on his door telling him what to do. So he kind of exactly. had carte blanche, which is sort of what he'll have with the Buccaneers. Yes. With, you know, Todd Bowles obviously running the defense, but yes. he's going to be able to do his own thing in Tampa. Right. So we had we had 31 minutes uh, worth of press conference with Dave Canales. Then we talked kind of off the record with Dave Canales. We're not going to really share exactly what he said there, but we can kind of fill in some of the blanks. Yes. We talked for another 30 minutes to, to the, the beat writers, just kind of like get, you know, get to know you session. And again, very personable guy, very intelligent. He's ready for this opportunity. Now, will he succeed or fail? Right. That That's what everyone wants to know. We don't know yet. He doesn't know yet. But yeah. one thing he did say, he's going to be a very quick study. He's going to be, he's going to make some mistakes, take some of his lumps, but he, he likes, what this staff is is comprised of, he's got, you know, in Brad Idzik, his wide receivers coach, he's going to be the eyes and ears for Dave Canales up in the press box, Matt. But yes. then he's got some old trusted hands, right? Uh, Goodwin and Gilbert with the ground game and, uh, you know, running the offensive line. They, they're coaches that have been around the league. They're older than him. Skip Pete. Who we mentioned several times, 60 he years old. He loves Skip Pete. He is obsessed yeah. with Skip Pete. Like he brought up Skip before any of us did. So right. yeah, he's a uh, he's in love with that guy for sure. And and Matt, what we talked about yesterday, the the dynamic of the staff, right? The young, fresh uh, ideas from from the young kids on the staff, married in with the the old trusted hands that you know. Hey, we've got some experience. Lean on it. We've been there and done that. We've seen this. I I think that that. How could you not come away excited if you're Todd Bowles, if you're Jason Light, if you're Buccaneer fans hearing this compared to what you've heard and seen uh, from from Byron Leftwich? It's a stark contrast. And uh, again, we'll, we'll end up seeing right. Talk is cheap at the end of the day. But um, we, we've 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 been through some underwhelming press conferences before yes. where the results on the field have have matched the underwhelming press conferences. So if that this offense is as dynamic as as what we heard today, and I think that's the vision and the goal, then um, you know maybe this Buccaneer team in, in this offense, which is not starting from scratch, there are plenty of, of pieces, Tristan Wirfs, Mike Evans, yeah. Chris Godwin, you know, to work with Ryan Jensen, who's coming back healthy. 
Um, it, it gives you some hope if you're a Buccaneer fan, right? And the quarterback situation, we'll talk about that too. Yes. That, that will be settled right now. <laughs> Uh, it, it sounds like it's Cal Trask's show to run. Why? Because Cal Trask is the only quarterback on this team right now, Matt. That's the only guy that Dave Canales could even talk about. It's the only coach that he can coach up right now. And, yeah, he was asked about what other quarterbacks could they go after. And he towed the line, as he kind of has to, because he can't tamper and things of that yeah. nature. But, you know, hope, you know, they say hope is a dangerous thing, Scott. And I think it's important, again, very impressed with what Coach Canales right. had to say today. We have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because anytime yeah. there's a new regime, a new coach comes in, he's yeah. going to say a lot of the right things. And he's right. going to whisper sweet nothings into the ears of right. Fox fans and the media. But what I will say, and you said thorough before, I think that's a great way to describe it, yeah. details and explanations. I mean, he got asked a simple question about what his favorite play was uh, when he was with Seattle. He didn't right. call the plays in Seattle, but he he had mentioned um, adjustments. Oh, my yeah. God, halftime adjustments. Uh, an adjustment that he made that helped the Seahawks beat the Packers in the NFC Championship yeah. years ago. And him just explaining that type of play, where the adjustment was made, how they made the safety come in, and just – different styles of running that he's into, different yeah. types of um, play calling that he's getting into. There was more detail and uh, explanation, as I said before, and just overall information that everyone could understand, whether you're an expert in the game or just learning the game of football yesterday. Right. Um, he explained it in a great way that we haven't seen a lot of coaches really get into. And maybe it's just the excitement of, okay, he's a first-time yeah. offensive coordinator. He's not in front of the media as much as like Todd Bowles once was. Right. So he's a little bit more open, as he said, an open book, a little bit more open than yeah. um, other coaches would be. But I came away really uh, invigorated with how this Bucks offense is going to look because the philosophies, yeah. we can get into that. Um, yeah. The traits that he looks for in a quarterback, I almost feel like this offense – Sure, Kyle Trask might be the guy, might be the guy. There's still a long way to go. Right. But you know how we talked about with San Francisco that yeah. their offense is quarterback-proof and it's kind of shown with Jimmy right. G and, and Brock Purdy? We can't say that yet about the Bucs offense. We right. literally haven't even seen that's them snap the, vision, the ball though, once. But that it's, is the yeah. vision of that. You can put anyone in that offense and still find success in it. And right. I think that's kind of what you saw in Seattle when they traded Russ. Everyone yeah. thought they were going to lose. And then Gino right. comes in, has a career year, makes the Pro Bowl. So that's sort of what Canales is trying to implement in Tampa. There's no doubt. It, it, it's a very quarterback-friendly system. And he wants Kyle Trask, again, the only quarterback he could talk about because he's the only quarterback in the roster. But whoever the quarterback is, Kyle Trask is the, the, is the player he talked about specifically. He wants him to be the point guard of the offense, to simply distribute the ball to the – to the playmakers, right, and and uh, and not put too much on the quarterback's uh, arm in this case. Yes, and and uh, and build the offense around the quarterback. That's not what what uh, what the system's going to be about. In other words, he says we need to get the quarterback off the high dive, and I think that's yes. a great explanation there. Uh, too many times, it's it's the the quarterback way up here, and then he's got to execute the perfect dive. But if he doesn't, then then you lose. Uh, they're going to run the ball a lot more. And yes. one of the things that, that Canales said was, you know, because I asked him a couple questions about the running game, which is near and dear to my heart. But um, I, I asked him about, uh, well, I just, I, I like, I like a good running back. I, I like a balanced offense, right? I mean, you look at what Kansas City did. They outrushed the Eagles. The Eagles, you know, got to the Super Bowl because they had a balanced offense. I'm all about balance. Doesn't mean 200 yards passing, 200 yards rushing. It can be 300 to 100, but it can't be 75, Matt. You can't right. win with 75 yards on the ground per game uh, on the average, and that's what the Bucks had last year. But what, what we're going to see is, is a more commitment to the, the running game. It doesn't mean run the ball uh, you know, on, on, every, on every first down because Byron didn't do that. He ran them on most, but it, it's, it's just sticking with the ground game. And he used the Seattle game as a prime example because what, what that does – when you have an effective running game, and that's the key word, the effectiveness. Um, and he said there's nothing wrong with the Bucks running game last year. They just didn't yeah. run it enough. They, they didn't run it enough for it to be effective. And it's an accumulative attack. You start off and you might get three yards, right? And then if you keep doing it, the three yards turns into five and six. 
And then before you know it, it turns into 12. And, and then it helps you in the fourth quarter because if you are trailing a little bit and you've committed to the run and you're down by one score, 3.7 points, whatever, um, the defensive line has been worn down by facing double teams yeah. and tackling that they're not as effective rushing the passer in the fourth quarter because they haven't been doing that for four straight quarters. And when you when you drop back Tom Brady to have him throw 55, 60 times a game, the pass rush is even more effective in the fourth quarter because they haven't had to worry about uh, you know run fits and tackling running backs and taking on double teams in, in the running game and, and, and getting worn down. So um, I, I like – I like his his philosophy and style. It marries well with what Todd Bowles wanted to do all along, Matt. And uh, and the other thing we learned too from uh, from talking to Dave Canales afterwards is just like what we've thought. Todd Bowles wants Dave Canales to have hands complete, off, complete it's autonomy. All you, buddy, here's the it's keys. all you. Here's yes. the keys to the Ferrari or whatever your favorite car is. Your Beamer. Right. Have fun with it. Yep. Be responsible with it, but have it um, in the right way. And yeah. that was another big thing that he talked about a lot yeah. was working. We talk about complimentary football all the time. You talk about mirroring the run with the pass, but just mirroring the offense with the stellar play at times last season, or just right. the really the good solid defense that the Bucs have. I mean, how many times did we talk about, man, you know, the Bucks defense gets a lot of crap, but they're the ones keeping Tampa Bay in the game while the offense struggles and then they right. would have to come back at the end. He's like, man, with the defense like that, you know, we just have to kind of stay afloat. I'm, I'm paraphrasing essentially right. what he said, right. but he's really in, I think he's really in tune with the philosophy of Todd Bowles. Obviously they're still getting to know each other, but he understands because yeah. he said that he had it in Seattle as well, where they had, you know, back in the day, the Legion of boom, a great, great defense where the offense just needed to do its job and, maybe not the bare minimum at all, but at least keep up somewhat with Seattle's defense in order to stay in the game. And that's exactly, that's really all that the Bucks need right. for the offense this year. I mean, still a lot of pieces from the the last years of success that they, that they've had together. And with a solid defense that Tampa Bay has, um, the Bucks offense just needs to stay afloat, obviously score more than the 18 points per game, which I think is very doable with a completely yeah. new outlook of this team and scott we have a ton of video to get to from yeah. dave canales um whether it's about the offense the quarterbacks we kind of talked about some of it already and i yeah. think one of the first things that bucks fans want to know is what type of offense is dave canales going to run because he well, comes and, from Pekin. you're right yeah. and you know I, I was just gonna say you're talking about dave canales it was a it was a 31 minute press conference yeah if, if i had to guess which favorite energy drink dave canales drinks because th th that guy is an energizer bunny. I mean, he, yes, he he's full of energy. If I had to guess, and we'll find out the answer, but if I had to guess, Matt, uh, the only choice, right, would be Celsius. It's it's the best energy drink out there. The reason why is it's because it tastes great. It starts there, folks. It starts with the taste. And there's the new fantasy vibe, which has got a fantastic sparkling mandarin orange marshmallow taste it's very sweet if you don't want something as sweet then go with the sparkling lemon lime it's it's another new flavor that they have there's the sparkling orange had one of those this morning it's still one of my absolute favorites celsius tastes great and it gives you the energy that you need to sustain your day to wake you up in the morning to power your workout and it does so with no sugar that means there's no sugar crash where can you find celsius go to amazon.com use the subscribe and save feature get it shipped right to your door. Matt, when I came home at 3.30 from the press conference, guess what was sitting outside my door? A box from Amazon oh, with, yeah. with, with a, a new case of Celsius in there. I ordered a bunch. I have no idea what, what flavor uh, is there. I'm hoping it's the tropical vibe because we're out. But there's nothing like coming home and having a brand new box from Celsius uh, from Amazon waiting at your door. Use the subscribe and save feature with Amazon. Save some money. Get it shipped right to you. You can say that again. A ton of great flavors. We might have to call Dave Canales the human Celsius. Yes. <laughs> Just the, the way the way <laughs> yes. that he uh, the way that he rolls. He's yeah. kind of the human Celsius. So again, people want to know what type of offense he's going to run because he comes from Pete Carroll's coaching staff, but some of the coordinators that he's worked with come from the Andy Reid coaching tree, the Sean McVay coaching tree. So it's going to be a mixture of a lot of great stuff. So uh, let's get to this first video 
of Dave Canales talking about just his offensive philosophy and his overall system, what he expects out of this offense. Yep. Install it and what, what it's going to look like. Great. So um, it's good. I just come fresh off uh, interviews and stuff, so I can kind of rattle this stuff <laughs> off. But, uh, number one, it's all about the ball. So everything we do, all 11 guys on the offense, is going to be about protecting the football. Whether it's in the run game, the pass game, or protection, we're going to be crazy about it. One thing that hits my brain really quick Skip Pete is going to be our running backs coach. They had zero fumbles lost last year from the running back. Okay, so he could have started that interview with that, dropped the mic, and then he would have been hired. Um, so that was that's number one. Uh, number two is focusing on what we control. That's your fundamentals and your attitude. So we're going to be um, a developmentally minded staff that's looking to develop player A to player Z. Okay, they're ours until they're not. Okay, there's no uh, catering to this guy or that guy. We want everybody to develop their fundamental <laughs> skills. Um, And then the attitude is starts with effort. Um, And that's one thing I go back to Pete, you know, from day one, the very first day of spring, very first day of camp, we critique effort first. So we're looking for people trying really hard. We'll get the how to, but we got to get the how much and how fast going before we can really take a step from there. Um, The third thing, it's the marriage of the run and pass. That's our identity, is things that start looking one way but end up being different. Um, and the thing that's going to help us without getting into too much detail um, is that we're going to do things that are simple in concept but are complex in delivery. So what do I mean by that? It's not going to be a lot of plays. It's going to be a few plays out of different personnels and different looks so that our execution stays at a high level uh, there. Um, and then we're going to be situationally aware. We're going to be a very smart football team. We're going to know what we're looking at the situations, the play calls are going to come out based on the specific area of the field. The players are going to be aware. When we get this situation, we should probably only be calling this one or two plays. They'll be in tune with a lot of that stuff. And then, of course, ready to adjust. Um, And the thing that allows you to adjust is by not having so much volume. When you keep the package tight, then you're you're able to adjust and make fine-tune uh, little little fine-tuning uh, changes within a game plan so that they can continue to play fast. Um, and the last part uh, that'll be our calling card is finish. And you'll see linemen running down the field. You'll see Gino last year chasing Ken Walker down on runs, just trying to get his body in the way, you know, in a smart way uh, to keep himself safe. But you're going to see 11 people fly off the ball um, and really finish, finish drives, finish quarters, finish halves and finish games and it starts in practice um so that's the big just the general philosophy of what we'll do that's some good stuff right there man i mean that has to be i i can picture todd Bowles grinning from ear to ear when he exactly what he wanted last year man when he hears taking care of the football no fumbles again a skip pete shout out (laughs) um no fumbles marrying the run game and the passing game and he had a lot of other uh really awesome stuff to get into and again sometimes you're just going to say stuff because you know that's what the coach wants to hear but he understands the philosophy that he's getting into this is his first opportunity to be um an offensive coordinator so um you know we said a lot of great stuff as well not trying to backtrack here but um listening to harold goodwin and uh you know coach goody and and some of the other elder coaches there um it's not it's it's his call at the end of the day. It's it's his play calling, but it's right. not by any means going to be a one man show. And I think that's yeah. um, I think that's important for this Bucks team. Yeah, and and I th- I like what some of the, the things that the Canal has said. Um, and, and I'm just going to talk about this. I don't think this is like you know, like any inside information or secret stuff, but it just makes some sense. Um, sometimes you have these meetings just to meet, right? Yeah. And I've I've never been a, a big believer like like at Peter Report we, we don't have like regular meetings just to meet just to like say stuff we have like hey we need to meet about this right we information need we need right. to get to stuff that it, everyone needs to be on the same page for. It, it, exactly it's not like well it's it's four o'clock every day we're gonna have a meeting about this that the other thing right uh, because that's where you get guys nodding off that's where you get guys um, you know tuning out etc and. And uh, and so uh, he he wants the collaboration from everybody, but 
Uh, he does things very efficiently. And I think that that's something he's learned from Shane Waldron, Daryl Bevel, some of these other offensive coordinators he's been around to really streamline some things. And especially Shane Waldron coming from, from Sean McVay's Rams offense, you know, Be, um, Bevel's an older guy, he's 53. Canales is 41. You've got uh, Waldron, who's 43. And, and as part of that, that, that young uh, coaching staff, it's, it's like, let's find a way to build a better mousetrap, right? Let's, let's, let's be more efficient. Let's, Let's cut out some of the BS and and do things, you know, the, the, the way it should be done, not the way not the way it's always been done. Right. Yes. Innovation, new ideas, fresh concepts. That's what Todd Bowles wanted. And that was the directive that he gave Byron Leftwich and his coaching staff in the offseason last year, Matt. And they didn't do it. And we saw it in training camp. It's like, wow, this is the, pretty much the same plays they've been running. Mm-hmm. Just there's no. Antonio Brown, there's no Rob Gronkowski, there's no Ali Marpet. Holy smokes, we're on day three of training camp. There's no, there's no more Ryan Jensen, you know. And so, yes, I think you you said it succinctly. Uh, Dave Canales, everything that he's said in his interviews was music to Todd Bowles's ears. And I think what's important as well when talking to talking to Coach Canales, you know, he had mentioned that especially as we go on and on. You know, not the whole playbook is going to be put in front of all the players right away. Like, even if it's X number of plays, they're all going to get it down first before they move to the next step. And, I mean, how many times did we see miscommunication last year, whether it was Tom Brady and Mike Evans, which was surprising as ever, or, you know, the offensive line where maybe the play call just wasn't executed properly because you're asking a guy to do what he's not able to do. I think slowly but surely that's kind of the way to go with implementing this offense and canals even said while he was up at the the lectern it's not a podium it's a lectern i've learned yeah. um <laughs> it's he said the play calling isn't even the toughest part it's coaching the other coaches about the philosophy and building the chemistry and i found that so interesting that the play calling is kind of like the last of the bit he talked about knowing the offense like the back of your hands and we'll see right. again how a lot of the things we've been talking about on the show the past couple of days, the past week, Dave yeah. Canella said a lot of it today. So if you're he not did. already paying attention to PeterReport.com yeah. or the Peter Report podcast, you're finding out the information even before the coaches That's right. um, even say it. So obviously the big question, we talked about it a little bit, but Kyle Trask, what his thoughts are on Kyle Trask, Yeah. what type of quarterback is he looking for in the system? And again, the traits that he wants in a quarterback. Because Kyle Trask, as you see on the screen there, yep. he's different from Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson, he's very different from Geno Smith. But you know right. what? He got a lot of great stuff out of Russell Wilson. He got a lot of great stuff out of Geno Smith last season. And we'll see what he can get out of Kyle Trask. But Canales talked about the traits that he wants in every quarterback, regardless of if you're big, tall, if you got a strong arm, if you're more right. accurate than than uh, having that deep ball. Um, he talked about the traits of the quarterback and then, of course, how he's able to implement those traits and if those were the reasons that Russell Wilson had success with him and yeah. that with Geno Smith. So going to play two videos in a row. First, it's his opinion on on Kyle Trask and then a little bit more about how he kind of got Geno specifically to the level that he got to. Uh, sure. last. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to shop for Derek Carr, or is it going to have to be somebody in a, in a different aisle, so to speak? Um, you know, um, you, good question. So um, the way that I've been trained is they're ours until they're not. And so right now, I got one Bucks quarterback. You know, it's Kyle Trask. Um, and I can talk about Kyle for a second here. I really liked him coming out. Um, if you look at some of the uh, skilled position players that he had there, uh, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, he had the big return in the Super Bowl. Um, and then you have... Uh, Damian Pierce was another guy, right? Well, he was able to distribute. And and the thing that we're going to help Kyle continue to build on here is to just be a point guard. Point guards don't have to be the one that score all the points. You just distribute. Um, Play on time. Get the ball out of your hands. Life's better that way when you do that. you got these bears chasing you. And if you don't like bears chasing you, then get rid of the ham. And that's the football, right? So so just teaching him those principles, um, allowing him to be a distributor, and, and a the other part too about just QB philosophy and play, uh, coming from a junior college background and high school and all that, we really didn't care if the guy was 5'10 or 6'4. I had a 6'6 six six quarterback. The one thing we we're looking for is can this guy play catch? 
Um, and and uh, Shadi called it the me to you factor. Uh, I love that. It's just me to this guy, learning who my skilled players are and being able to distribute. He's already shown he could do that. Um, and then on top of that, it's just a really quarterback-friendly system um, because of the balance of the run and the pass. Uh, we're not going to put him in harm's way a lot um, until, of course, you know, you get in those situations where you got to throw it a little bit. Um, and then we'll do that as smart as way as possible. You've worked with us. And then here's the second part of that. Absolutely. So, um, and that's where the system has proven itself. It's a style of play. So if I go back to SC for a little bit, right, and you just start rattling off the quarterbacks that came out of there, um, going back to uh, Carson Palmer, you know, and you had Matt Leiner, you know, then um, here comes uh, John David Booty, and then Mark Sanchez. Uh, Matt Barkley falls into that uh, category as well. One guy after the other, highly touted, gets a lot of accolades when really it's a system that's friendly for the quarterback. Um, just drilling that timing of getting the ball out, right? And then having the balance of the run game. Um, I heard Sean Payton say this the other day. I thought it was brilliant. He said, you got to take the quarterback off the high dive, you know? And so um, I thought that was a brilliant way to put it. That guy can't be, you can't be leaning on him to make every single play all the time. And the best way to do it is just hand it off to your talent in the backfield. So teaching the quarterback how to win was critical um, and that's where my training from Carl Smith I mentioned Tater we call him Tater affectionately but um, he really taught Russell how to win how to manage the game um, and people can be critical of Russ in different areas of his game but the one thing he's done is he's won you know and, and with the exception of this past year he's won at a really high level um, and Gino spent a couple of years just sitting behind that watching it's like I could do that you know I can manage that um, and then Gino allowed us to open up the playbook a little bit with some of our past stuff that he was a little bit stronger in. Um, so we just tilted a little bit this way or that way based on who the quarterback was. So we're always trying to look for a way to put the quarterback in his comfort zone um, and build from there. Yeah, that, that's that's some fantastic stuff right there. Just the attention to detail. The you know, and, and Dave Canales even said he's like. This stuff's very fresh for me because I said a lot of this in my interview with Todd yeah. Bowles and Jason Light, but you can just tell how quickly he processes uh, questions and and the, the recall, the right answers. They're right there. I mean, it's it, it, and I'm I'm just comparing uh, just for comparison's sake. That went that way with Byron Leftwich, right? And no. and and I'm I'm gonna say that that calling a game is different from doing a press conference because public speaking is a little different, right? Sure. Th than, than other aspects of, of life and people's work. But uh, again, how can you not be impressed with, with the level of, of specificness when it comes to his, his answers, the, the, the detail of which he is uh, drilling down into you. We, as, as the media today, and I think Buccaneer fans out there too, you'll agree uh, we were in class today, right? This, yes. this was yeah. intro to Dave Canales's uh, Bucks offense 101, right? This was the first day we, and he's giving us the syllabus. He's reading down yeah. the syllabus and we did as much as we could in 31 minutes, but uh, imagine being Mike Evans or Tristan Wirfs, right? Or Rashad white. And you're sitting in this, this offensive meeting and you're hearing the same type of, of communication style from Dave Canales. How can you not be excited? How can it not absorb into you? Um, I, I'm, I'm just very encouraged by what we heard today from Dave Canales. By the way, he's got a lot of great analogies. You heard him talk about uh, getting the ham away from the Bears if, if you want the quarterback to yes. uh, you know have a successful game and, and get, rid of, get rid of the ball quick. You mentioned before, and he said it about, uh, you know, getting off the high dive. So yeah. a lot of great analogies there. And then another thing that Todd Bowles is absolutely going to love when he was talking about kind of what sparked all the, the great play by Russ with the Seahawks and, right. and Gino was that he taught them how to win and how to win the right way. Right. And we said this before on the show. Todd Bowles does not give a damn how the team wins the That's game right. as long as you win the game. Yeah. So um, I think this year, if the Bucks have a good season, they're going to win in very different ways. There yes. might be one game where they throw it 51 times. Not yeah. all the time. Obviously, Tom right. Brady did that a ton. There might be another game where they run it 40 yeah. times because that is what is beating the opponent 
in front right. of them. So the adaptability, I yes. think, is more than anything else. Uh, we actually had a YouTube video that came out about, I'd say, like an hour before the show started where um, Canales talked about his offensive philosophy, which you saw that video here. Yeah. But then he also talked about his favorite play and that he was able to, while he didn't call the plays with the Seahawks, um, he got into a halftime adjustment. I know we talked about right. the adjustments earlier, but if you want to know what adjustment was made, check out that video. Yeah, it's um, on our YouTube on, channel. Yeah, on our YouTube TV. channel. So again, just the adjustments, the being willing to change, being open to change, I think is really important because he, he said it later on to a question that you asked, Scott, yeah. about just the run game and stuff. He's like, yeah, we want to establish the run. We want to get the run game going. But if they're stopping it, then we're going to go past it. Right. And if they're yeah. stopping our pass game, we will run it. So yeah. just being open to everything. Well, and also he, he said, hey, if, you know, if we come out, right, and due to injuries or whatever, you know, they got their third or fourth string cornerback on Mike Evans, guess yeah. where we're going to attack? Like, <laughs> we're going to go after that all day long. So uh, I, I love I love the adaptability that that uh, that he's articulated, right, because that's that's something that it just it seemed like like, you know, here's Byron Leftwich. Well, this play isn't working. Let's try this one or let's try this one. And, and some other of the things that he talked about today were where how he's learned from other offensive coordinators, whether it was Schottenheimer, Bevel, oh my um, Waldron. God. He went on the history that he knows of the game, and I don't mean yeah. to cut you off, but the history of, one, just all of the coach. He went coach by coach, offensive yes. coordinator by offensive coordinator, something that he learned from every single coach yeah. in front of him, including Pete Carroll. And then the video That's we right. played about the quarterbacks, he was only at USC for one year, and he right. rattled off like, seven usc quarterbacks in a yeah. row we all know carson palmer i'm sure a couple of Matt college Leiner, football fans Mark forgot Sanchez. about john david booty that's right and, and john david like booty that. so um it, you know, uh, and matt barkley you know he rattled off all those and he that says, goes hey, back to the detail yeah the, the, these these guys were were great usc quarterbacks um but and he was kind of kind of i don't say taking a shot but he was just telling the truth it's like these guys were highly touted guys that found success in our system and then they go to the NFL. Carson Palmer had some success, he's but the, the other guy that really did really. much. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. But what I was going to say about about uh, you know the adaptability, uh, uh, you know, of of his his uh, attack or philosophy, if you will, is, is just the fact that that uh, even though Pete Carroll, um, you know, he he hated the term "establish the run," right? Yeah, and and he's like, we want to run the ball, but you don't have to establish the run. And and I think that that kind of dovetails with what you were saying is they're going to win a lot of different ways, and 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 they're not going to abandon the run. And I thought that was one of the things that that he said, kind of like in our our in a meeting was uh, he didn't didn't say in the press conference, but in our meeting he he just said you know is like the problem with with the run game was didn't run it enough, right? When you did the Cowboys game, the Seahawks game, and you had some success with it, then you know then it it can work. And, and, you know, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times, you know, he interviewed Harold Goodwin um, earlier. I, well, it was earlier in the, in the year, but it was later in the season. I want to say it was probably around November. And and Goodwin pretty much came out and kind of threw Leftwich under the bus and said, yeah, we put all these runs in during the week and then they don't get called during the game. You know, we end up running the ball 10 or 12 times. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of the article. And And the interesting thing is, Stroud kind of, you know, I mean, he's sitting on a little bit of, of a landmine there. Wow, here's here's your run game coordinator kind of throwing your offensive coordinator under yeah. the bus in season. And he kind of like checked with some people like, hey, like this is what I was told. Um, I'm just letting you know I'm running this. And there's no pushback, nothing. They're just like, yeah, run it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, because and 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 that's that's why at the end of all of this. Byron Leftwich had one ally in the building. And that was that was Bruce Arians, who's retired, you know. And and th that just uh, all of the things that we've talked about since last football season were, were true and correct. The, the lack of adaptability, the uh, not sticking with the running game, the things that Todd Bowles kind of harped on um, in those press conferences. You know, we need to tweak some things. They didn't get tweaked. And and this guy at least talks about doing the exact opposite of what Byron Leftwich did. And that's refreshing. So we'll see if all of this can come to fruition, if he can walk the walk because he's talking the talk. But uh, I'm super encouraged by what we heard today. 
And if this team can get some more weaponry on offense to the team with Rashad White and uh, and, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and and he he mentioned Russell Gage a couple he times. Did. Yeah, we, we we believe that 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 Gage may be on the chopping block because they can save some cap room. Um, but you know what? Maybe, maybe Canales gets on the table and says, I want Russell Gage. Right. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. But the, the reason I, I don't want people to be confused because we've kind of said, and we've kind of can uh, forecast that maybe that Russell Gage is going to be cut uh, and, and he hasn't to this day, but like he said, uh, they're ours until they're not. Right. Yep. So I'm saying that today. Kept saying that. Yeah. And Russell Gage is an interesting one because he kind of landed in the two categories of he could be a salary cap casualty, but he yeah. also could be a player that can do a uh, you know massage the the cap and and uh, do something with his deal to create yeah. a little more cap space for the Bucks that also keeps him on the team. And, you know, that's why you have to hire a coordinator because there's certain personnel that he'll like, and there's certain personnel that he may not necessarily be a fan of. And Russell Gage, you know, Josh Capo and I were talking about it last week and and Adam Slavon and I think Bailey as well. We were, you know, discussing whether or not we should cut him or not, or the Bucks should cut him or not. And he was one of those guys that a couple of us felt, I know Josh feels pretty strongly about this, that he should get another chance for next season. And, you know, may, how much did the injury hamper him last year? That kind of remains to be seen. If he's still with the Bucks, oh, I, I think it, I, it hampered him a lot because his main, you know, calling card was his quickness. Right that yeah. that was that was the biggest thing was was his quickness was was what made him special. His ability to separate, you know, short and underneath in Atlanta, right? Um, and you know, and it didn't materialize in Tampa because he had that hamstring injury that that really took away his one thing that he was good at, which was his quickness. Exactly. And, and, and so we'll see, you know, and it might be a thing where the Buccaneers, they, they kind of, you know, Mike Greenberg likes to cut as he goes. So it might be a thing where free agency starts, Russell Gage is still on the team, but then, you know, later on down the road, it might be a situation where Russell Gage, you know, they they decide to go in a different direction, right? Because you can still save that cap money at, at any point in time this year, right? Yeah. And, and it's only about $2 million. It's not like they have to cut him to get under cap compliance. They can do other things. But uh, maybe they draft a couple wide receivers. They bring Russ to camp and make a move then, you know, or maybe they keep him. We'll see. But but um, let's talk a little bit about the wide receivers, about Chris Godwin's role, about Mike Evans, and and what Dave Canales had to say about them. Yeah, he was gushing over the wide receivers and uh, and Rashad White as well. So uh, we'll get into first yeah. his comments on Mike and Chris, and then uh, we'll get into Rashad White. You have used more outside. Um, how, how do you see Mike and Chris being used in, in your offense, um, given their stature and what they've been able to produce so far? Um, I would say specifically, they just do so many good things outside the numbers with the one-on-one matchups, that'll definitely be a part of what we do. Um, and then moving the receivers to gain access, you can release easier if you move your receivers around. So we have a simple simple system that allows us to be able to do that, to give them access into the secondary. And when you get a big sucker like those guys with a free run, where they're not having to face press all the time, and they're both magnificent versus press, that's the cool part. Um, but you know, just, uh, Anytime you reduce football to just being like mono mono ball, it's just not smart football. So anything that you can do um, to get a matchup, an uh, advantageous matchup, or to move a guy to gain access, um, we will, we'll do those things. Um, and we definitely use our receivers in the run game. So having two big guys who can do that is, is awesome. And actually, Russell is fantastic in there, too. He's really tough. Um, so that's another guy that we'll be able to use. So, sorry if I didn't answer that specifically. But. Comments on Rashad White. Oh, yeah. Just the uh, what shocked me about that was the toughness and the style that he ran because I saw him as this like versatile guy who you could run routes with out of the backfield, split him out wide and do some things like that, plus the run game. But then you see his attitude, um, you know, in person in Germany and just see the, you know, the, the style that he ran downhill. He was aggressive. 
you know, um, the violence that he played with, and you go, wow, this guy could be special. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got, some, he's got some great skill set that really fit into our system. Yeah. As, as talented as all these guys are, I mean, how many times did we see Mike Evans, unless it was a like a go route down the field, right. Mike Evans wasn't really wide open too many times, unless it was like right. the deep, deep ball down the field. Chris Godwin, for all the catches he made, as you see right there, there was a defensive back literally like all <laughs> over his back every single time he tried to right. make a play. So separation was very few and far between for the Bucks receivers last year. Yeah, that's a fact. And, and uh, I like the fact that he's going to be getting his receivers help scheme to get them open, right? Some free releases, boy, that, that sounds nice. <laughs> and I'm sure Mike and Chris will appreciate that. It's interesting. It sounds to me like we're going to see a lot more of Chris Godwin outside the numbers and, yeah. and out wide rather than in the slot. And I think that's going to do a couple of things. It's going to help the Bucks perimeter run game because Chris Godwin was doing so much. And keep in mind, the Bucks ran more of a gap scheme uh, where it's between the tackles running. And that's why you had Chris in the slot motioning, sometimes into the hole or cracking back on a linebacker, et cetera. But trying to run to the perimeter more often with Mike and Chris as, as blockers out there can help spring some of, of, the, uh, of the longer run plays. As Warren Sapp is famous for saying, uh, the, the biggest plays uh, in the NFL happen down the sidelines, right? Whether they're wide receivers or whether they're running plays, whatever, that's that's where the, the, the alleyway is. That's where the real estate is because that's where fewer defensive players are, right? So it just makes sense. Don't run where all the players are. Run where yeah. they're not. <laughs> and, and so, uh, again, I, I think we're going to see more Chris Godwin outside the numbers as a wide receiver rather than a slot receiver. This is not Bruce Arians' offense anymore where – Everything's going to go through Godwin in the slot. And I think it's going to keep Chris Godwin healthier. He he took a lot of punishment banging in with linebackers and, and run blocking and going across the middle so much. Uh, I, I think we're going to go back to to some of uh, what he was able to do with Dirk Cutter, right? If you remember that that game-winning his touchdown. Best year. His yeah. best year was with – and he's had great years in Bruce's system, but his best year was 2019. Uh, well, actually, yeah, that was, so was there in 2019, yeah. but he, yeah. you know, he still was up and coming. Well, yeah, if if you go back to 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 the 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 touchdown catch that he had uh, against the Saints of the last play of the game, right? The throw from Jameis, yeah. he was split out wide, right? And he got he was in a one on one matchup, and I think that's where Godwin can really flourish and succeed. Not that he couldn't or didn't, right? Operating in the middle, but there's a lot more traffic there, right? Are you going to be bracketed with a linebacker and a safety over the top? Are you going to be man coverage? You know, with uh, with a nickel inside, with the safety over the top, playing cover three, um, I, I, it, it's hard to double team both Mike and Chris if they're outside. The only way you can really do that effectively with double teams is is with cover two, or if yeah. you're playing, you know, some type of, of rolling, uh, you know, cloud or sky coverage, uh, etc. You can roll, um, you know, defenders that way. But if this team gets one or two more dangerous wide receivers. Oh, forget uh, about it. Look out, because it, it could be as dynamic as when the Bucks had Rob Gronkowski and AB complimenting complimenting what uh, Evans and Godwin uh, did last year, and not last year, but in the Super Bowl year in 2021. And that's not to say that Chris Godwin won't play in the slot at all. It's right. just saying you're going to see him a tad bit more uh, yeah. lining up on the outside. And it does feel like, Scott, if they can – just add one more piece, whether it's in more likely the draft, but yeah. you know, you never know what happens. Uh, a, a new wide receiver becomes available. Right. They can just add one more piece. It's all about just finding that one favorable matchup. As we talked yeah. about in the past, you can guard Mike and well, even though his the saying is can't guard Mike, you can yeah. <laughs> game plan against Mike. You can game plan against Chris, maybe even a B at times, but if you still yeah. have Gronk as an option and he's not here anymore, right. but it, you just, just give, one more passing option for Dave Canales. And I think he will take that ball and run or pass with it in this situation. I agree. And just really take advantage uh, of those matchups. You, um, you know, yeah. when, you, when you're talking about one more option, I'm just going to throw up Celsius, man. I yeah. mean, look, look at that graphic. Peach vibe, tropical vibe, watermelon, like real unapologetic uh, loves. Wildberry, uh, the Fuji apple pear, which is one of my favorites. Uh, if you don't like the sparkling flavors of Celsius, which is the official energy drink of Peter Report, you can also try the peach mango green tea. 
It's non-carbonated, and uh, but it has the same amount of energy that you're going to get without the sugar crash because there's no sugar in it. That's the good thing about Celsius. Where can you find Celsius near you? Well, it's real simple and easy. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, and you can find out where Celsius can be purchased. Once you try a couple flavors that you love, which we know you're going to love, then just go ahead and, and order them on Amazon. Get them shipped right to your door using the subscribe and save. And don't forget, we already talked about the fantasy vibe. They've got the original vibes, tropical vibe, Arctic vibe, and peach vibe. Some tremendous flavors from Celsius. Again, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. I got to say, Scott, just, you know, listening to Dave Canales today, talking to him, uh, getting to really understand the mind of Dave Canales more. Yeah. It's making me feel pretty good about the Bucks for this season. I understand they still don't have yeah. a quarterback. There's still a lot of questions there. But I feel good about the direction that the a, a new Bucks offense Right. is going this year and speaking of feeling good i know once you take age rejuvenation you're going to feel pretty good as well as we age our hormones decrease both for men and women i was tired all the time had no sex drive i was groggy i felt like i was 80 years old because everything hurt i came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. One person who does not need age rejuvenation is Dave Canales. That's he looks right. young. He's full <laughs> of energy. He's 41. I'm probably guessing the testosterone has not decreased in him quite yet, but it will in time. It just naturally happens to pretty much all males. It's just part of getting older. I'm 50, going to be 51 now. I felt it in my 40s for sure. I started to kind of feel that afternoon energy crash. Uh, gosh, uh, last year before I started age rejuvenation, I'm falling asleep on the couch like a loser at 8, 30, 9 o'clock. I can't even like stay up and watch movies and shows with Ashley. It was going to be a problem. Uh, and really, it was just the, the tiredness. And and, and now I've got energy galore, and that's partly due to Celsius, but also partly due to age rejuvenation. I don't have to drink two Celsiuses a day just to survive. AgeRejuvenation.com. Click on the website. Check it out. Get your testosterone checked. You can sign up for a free, uh, no obligation, uh, complimentary um, uh, consultation. They'll do your blood work. Insurance will pay for it. There's five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. And right now, with $500 off, Age Rejuvenation uh, is running a special 500 bucks off your first testosterone treatment. Check out agerejuvenation.com. A lot, a lot of fun, interesting, compelling, uh, like I said before, invigorating stuff from Dave Canales today. Um, if you're not already doing so, as uh, ISO me, PR Joshua, the other PR Joshua, shout yeah. out Josh Capo, says, I like it, PR, Peter Report. Yeah, Y'all catching on to the fact that if we get another top wide receiver or safety slash cornerback, yeah. we could be really good still. Yeah, let's remember, a weak NFC South, someone yeah. has to win that division, and sometimes you just, you know, you got to catch fire at the right time. You you, you got to take the momentum into yeah. December and January, but as long as you get into the dance, once you're on that dance floor, that's right. anything can kind of And, and that that's one of the things that Dave Canals said that lured him to the job. We asked him, yeah. you know, why'd you take the job, right? Because there's plenty of people that turned it down. He says, well, you don't turn down your first job opportunity, right? This was his first chance at being an offensive coordinator in the, the NFL, and he took it. And, um, you know, he's he's very confident, very confident guy, right? He's He's got some swagger about him, which I like. And I think that's going to uh, you know, make him fit in very well, not just with the coaching staff, but also with the players. But the other thing is, he said, hey, I looked at the landscape. This NFC South is wide open. We can yeah. compete and, you know, and, and maybe win another NFC South division title. It'd be, what, three in a row? So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I yeah. think this, this division is still there for the taking. I agree with you. Uh, I saw me, PR Joshua. Um, the, they're a good draft and a couple of key re-signings away. And, of course, you got to get the right quarterback. But uh, 
all is not lost, Buccaneer fans. Don't right. give up on this team or this season before it starts. That, and that that's why, foolish. damn it, they're not tanking. They are not tanking because right. they they're still not. have a pretty good team. And, you know, Canales actually talked about, again, the, the landscape of what situation he's getting into with the division. The other team that he mentioned that he spoke to was uh, was the Ravens that he was interviewing with. And, yeah. I mean, think about it. That AFC North, the Ravens are certainly talented. And when you have Lamar Jackson, that goes a long way. But Lamar Jackson, the contract dispute, you know, that's hanging over everyone's head over there. You know, that's not the most ideal situation. Plus, you have the Bengals, who have won the division the last two years in a row. Joe Burrow ain't going anywhere. He's going to yeah. be there for the next decade. The Steelers, I understand they're on a downtick, but again – the age old yeah. stat that Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in or never had a losing season since he's coached right. the uh coached the Steelers. Like that's not an easy division to go through that's right. year after year, where again, Tampa, it's kind of a race to get the quarterback. Whoever yeah. gets the top quarterback could win the division. So I think that yeah. goes a long way. And I'm here's just, it, yeah. it was gonna say here, here's just an answer to Louis Flash's thing, real quick. Scott, who was offered the OC job and turned it down? I don't want to talk out of turn, so I'm not gonna say that you know that that there was a specific offer made right that that hey we'd like for you to be the offensive coordinator i don't know that but either that happened an offer was made or before an offer was made i can tell you with certainty todd munkin dan pitcher and clint kubiak uh told the buccaneers no so either they uh offered one or more of those gentlemen the job and they turned it down at that time or before the offer was made, they withdrew their name. So that's three out of the 10 guys that they interviewed. And one of those 10, Dave Canales said, hell yeah, I'll take it. Sometimes that's all you need is the one, um, yeah. by the way, everybody, if you're not already doing so and you like our content, please follow us on our social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at Peter report. And then on YouTube, please like, and subscribe, hit that thumbs up and subscribe to Peter Report TV. Uh, we just had a video that came out about an hour ago. We're going to have a lot more Dave Canales content coming up. We're going to post a video not very long after this show is done. So keep on the lookout for that. If you're like, oh man, I just want to keep talking about the box and Dave Canales. We're going to have another video about Dave Canales within the next five to 10 minutes. Once this show yeah. is done, we're going to have a lot more content throughout the week. Throughout the just, just put up a Dave Canales story about his influences and and touching on all four of those coordinators that he liked and 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 you know uh, kind of borrowed uh, his system his philosophy from so that that's a read up there on pewterreport.com right now we'll have plenty more content later yes. tonight on pewterreport.com and on Peter Report TV our YouTube channel yeah exactly we have content coming all over the place. So however you best want to consume your content, uh, please go ahead and do that on Peter Report's socials um, and website. But that's going to do it for us for today's show. We will have another one tomorrow at 7 p.m. as we talk further about Dave Canales and everything else going on with the Bucks. But until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we will see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Just couldn't wait till seven tonight. Nah.